Hello and welcome to another episode of Talented Tales. This week it's episode four and we have the lovely Carol Carson on from Carson Consults. Uh, Carol is the former chief executive of um, Babington Group, one of the leading apprenticeship providers in the sector. And uh, we delve straight into, I suppose, some of the things that Carol made central to the core offering of Babington in her time there. Bearing in mind Babington as an organisation when Carol joined the business um, was a, I think it's fair to say, um, small to medium-sized player in the market. And over Carol's tenure at Babington, she guided the organisation through private equity investment um, and on a huge pathway of growth. So Carol cites three main areas, really, um, that helped her achieve this. Communication and bringing the business along on, on the ride. Spotting talent and giving that talent an opportunity. And then often thought, the boring stuff but really really important if you don't measure it you can't monitor it carol's got a genuine passion for the sector and is someone who uh, is really focused on giving back so i think in a new venture um we wish her all the best carson consults enjoy your podcast Hey, Carol, can you hear me? I can hear you now, thank you. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Good. Well, good to have you on board and welcome to Talented Tales. Thank you. How are you today? I'm very well, actually, yes, sun shining and it's close to the weekend, so what more can you ask? Can't grumble, as they say. That's right, that's right, yes. Are you Okay. Yes, I'm very well. Uh, very well, thanks. As as you as you know, we've had a um, we've had a little arrival in the oh. Constantino house household. So <laughs> congratulations. Um, things are things are a little bit. Um, I don't think it's fair to say, but we're we're getting to we're getting to grips with it. We're getting good. to grips with it. Good, good, yeah. excellent. All good. All good. Excellent. Good. Right. Okay. Um, like I said, thanks for coming on. Um, I suppose for our listeners, um, and when we push push the podcast out, uh, I'll, I'll set the scene really on why um, why one we've set up talented tales and why we want to do this, and and b why why we wanted to get you on as well. So talented tales um, was uh, um, kind of an idea. I've been thinking about doing something like this for. Um, probably about nine, nine, ten months now. And I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm on uh, long journeys. I listen to a lot when I'm just kind of, um, you know, knocking around the house or, or whatever it may be, because uh, I use them as, you know, a source of learning uh, more than anything, really. And, you know, you get some really interesting people on them. However, I've noticed in, in recent times that specifically in the space that we work and, and I do a lot of my work there, there wasn't what I would class as... Um, real people um yep. who who were in real companies um doing what i would call 
um, you know, real everyday business. Yeah. Not not the glossy, um, you know, high tech stuff, the uh, really cool stuff that you always see and hear about across. That's um, just a wash, really, um, you know, in social media and podcasts in particular nowadays. So I thought to myself, you know what, I'm getting really, really annoyed about this. And I know that there are people out there who are making an impact day in, day out, have done, done some really good stuff. And actually, I, w- I wanted to give them a platform yeah. um, to talk about that because it, it, it needs to be out there and a big part of you know the way certainly we do business and i and and i know you do business is collaboration so yeah yeah um we are focusing it on emerging talent and we're focusing it on um uh apprenticeships um graduate programs large graduate employers um but then we're kind of growing out of that into more kind of uh, general um recruitment themes learning and development themes and really um like I said, we want the people on there, on the show who who were who were in there living it and breathing it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you as somebody, um, you know, I know in the sector, and I know many of the listeners um, when they pick up the podcast following will clearly know of you um, through your through not just your time at, at Babington, but what you've done before. Um, I think you've got a great story to tell, you know, um, and it's really, it's really kind of layered. And some of the stuff you're getting involved um, with now, in terms of giving back to the sector, um, is also a really good, um, a really good story to tell. Okay. Good. good. So um, I will talk a very little bit about you, but then what I'd love you to do, Carol, because you can do it so much better than me, <laughs> is talk about <laughs> yeah. talk about where you where you've come from and. Um, you know what you've done. So I, okay. I know you primarily, Carol, as um, obviously the um, the ex CEO of, of Babington. Yeah. Um, but actually, I feel like um, in the the last couple of years that I've got to know you, you've become more of a um, certainly in latter time, you've become more of like a bit of a mentor, uh, I suppose, to me personally, and someone who I know I can go to. Um, as we both know in the industry, someone who I can go to and sort of say, Carol, what do you think? Am I being completely crazy or actually, you know what, has, has this got legs and what do you think? So yeah. uh, that's kind of how I know you. But um, for the benefit of, of people who are listening who don't, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Um, and I suppose most importantly as well, why? why you've done what you've done um so over to you carol okay um right so yes i suppose i mean you've said already nathan you know uh former chief exec of babington and i, I suppose that's sort of where uh the closure of my full-time um working life um has, has finished but no nowhere near have i actually finished working within this sector um and i suppose i want to just share with the listeners um i suppose a little bit about um why i moved into working um in the education and training sector um my background is um uh, obviously as everyone went to school what do you want to do when you leave school it's really really difficult isn't it especially um you know in this day and age because there's a plethora of of, of pathways to go 
to go on, but sometimes you don't know which pathway to take, and sometimes you don't even know that they exist. Yeah. Um, um, and I just knew I just wanted to work, and I wanted to be able um, to be the best that I could be. So, you know, started life working at BT, worked there for, uh, left in my 23rd year, so um, an awful long time. But it didn't seem like that because I had the opportunity of working in a big corporate organisation where I never held the same job for more than 18 months because I would um, want to strengthen my skill set. Yeah. Um, and BT was a great um, employer to be able to do that. Um, and I was able to work my way up to a very senior position. Um, and I suppose part of that um, journey was the time where um, I was like a sponge, wanted to learn, um, but also wanted to help and support people that worked. Um, and that's where, you know, I suppose I got that, that, um, that excitement about training, uh, about the education, etc. So when I left BT, um, it it came to be a, I suppose, a natural pathway for me to move into education and training sector world. Um, and and I started off by actually working with people who were unemployed. I couldn't believe actually that people left school and couldn't. Some people couldn't read and write. Um, yeah. That was sort of quite alien to me, and I just thought that is just not right. Um, and so, I just thought, you know, I just wanted to help people um, to better their lives. Um, and through education, people do do move out of poverty. They move. They are able to um, help community, help the economy, and have a happier existence. Um, so yeah, so moved into the training education world, as I said, um, and um, you know, it, one of which is apprenticeships. Yeah, I'm a great advocate for apprenticeships because whilst I didn't do an apprenticeship when when um, when I was at BT, it was it felt like an apprenticeship. Um, I, I left school, didn't want to go to university. Um, all I wanted to do was work and, and put my skills into practice and then carrying on working and, and learning. So um, so that's where I ended up, you know, um, supporting a lot of young adults and not so many uh, and also a lot of not such young adults um, because, you know, apprenticeships are also there for being able to support people who want a career change um so you know it's been it's been really um an exciting journey uh it's it's very rewarding being able to help people um through education and learning that they can learn new skills and and flourish um and seeing people you know better their lives you know there's the one the one that's one sticks out in my mind when i worked um the people who were unemployed um yeah. it was somebody who was um in fact actually he was an alcohol he was an ex-alcoholic and was really really struggling um and struggling with life and he came through the front doors and i thought you know what i'm going to make sure i get him a job um and um and you know what it was it was great to be able to see this person tidy himself up re learn um learn a skill and a talent 
then get himself into work. I mean, I, I was absolutely one delighted person um, and still keep in touch with this, this guy. He's still in work. Um, and, you know, and, he, and he's thanked me. And you know what? I just that, that's why you get up in the morning um, to be able to support these people. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an important point because so often um, in day to day business, when you're in what is often as well, high pressure environment, especially when, um, you know, you're at the sharp end like that, you you sometimes forget why you do what you do and why you why you love doing what you do yeah and uh, and i think those kind of stories um they're the types of stories that need to they bubble to the top anyway because you know it, it, it it's just amazing but they're the types of stories that um you know we need to shout about and i, I don't know if you've seen it's, it's been quite big on social um over the years but a very similar kind of, um story where there was um a chap who was living rough um, on the streets. I think I think it might have been on the streets of some, somewhere in America, and um, he was playing just an old sort of clapped-out piano, and it just so happened that someone filmed him playing it because he was really good. Um, yeah, you know, he was a really good pianist, and uh, not too dissimilar to the um, chap you're describing there. The person they they you know they cleaned him up, they got him off. Um, off uh, everything that he was obviously taking and and um the guy then went on to carve out a very very successful um career playing the piano uh in all kinds of different you know shows and um and operas and whatever else and you know it's those moments yeah um that not just for that person are defining but also for the people who are involved in it yeah. and they stay with you don't they, they? do they stay with you genuinely they do yeah. they do it really it really mm-hmm. it it sticks it sticks with you in it and to be honest actually it's it's very grounding because sometimes you know especially when you get yourself as you say you know lost in the day-to-day oh my god I've got to do this report I've got to you know I've got that this many pressures and especially in our sector in the education sector because it is so highly regulated it is really good to hear those type of good news stories because that makes it the reason why we do what we do. Absolutely. So, um, schooled at BT. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say. So, and how long were you at BT, Carol? Uh, uh, nearly 23 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah those, so, those days are gone, aren't they? To keep a job that long. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, well I, I, rem- I remember when I first started work um, myself, I was, you know, fresh out of university. Um, and um, just to add, if I did have my time again, I'd, I'd probably go down the apprenticeship groups, by the way. I, I don't think I would go to university yeah. like I did as much fun as I had. But I remember um, a chap saying to me then, so we're sort of going back, um, what, nearly <clears throat> years. And said to me, your free career is long career. Okay. He says, now you have time. And um, what happened in happened in career three. you think 
Hey, Carol. Hi, we're back. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's uh, all right. I'm not sure where I got to, but w- what I was saying was, um, I one of the first jobs I had out of out of university was with a chap who who told me and he sat me down um, and he said that um, there was a time when you used to have a job for life, but it's no longer like that. And and I'm you know I'm going back sort of um, 18, 18 years here now. And he said now people operate in a in a three career um, way so you know the first career often shapes um, the second career and and the second career then forms the third career and you know um, you kind of move up the ladder in that way but you know the world of work is different now isn't it so the the tail end of the millennial generation and and I kind of hate term in them in that way but but it's how we kind of do it um those people who are entering into work now and and the gen z's who are coming through um there'll never be a time um i don't think where we'll see someone having 23 years in a single business no uh, no, no, uh, no and ne- neither will they have three careers over their life i don't think because the way that work the way that work is now, um, it's very fluid and transient and it's very project based, isn't it? So you drop into an organization with a brief, um, you know, you're, you, you, you may be part of the team, you may not. You deliver against that brief um, and then you're on to the next, you're on to the next, you're on to the next. And really what becomes your um, what becomes your credibility or your license to work is what you've delivered in that, you know, 18 month, two year stint that you've done. Um, so yeah, 23 years at BT is amazing. Mm, it Absolutely. is. Mm. <laughs> I have got a certificate as well. <laughs> Cause I gave did you a... Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, it, is yeah, it, tell, yeah. tell me, tell me it's made, tell me it's gold plated. <laughs> no, I wish it was. No, uh, no, no, no. Yes, you got a certificate for long service. So, uh, so yeah. But I, you know, but do you know what? It's um, whilst yes, you say twenty three years is a long, and it is a long time. And no, you, I don't think that will ever happen now. However, I never stayed in the same job at BT for more than eighteen months, Um, and it allowed me to be able to build my I suppose it was like being in a a very large community being in BT because as you've just described you know these uh, young adults now will move around um, and um, you you build a reputation don't you of being able to uh, you know that you're um, that you're a doer that you deliver deliver. um, you do what you say you're going to do you, you build that and that's what I built a reputation in within BT and that's why I was able to move my way either upwards or sideways because promotion isn't just all about getting the next level up the ladder it's about for me it's about moving sideways and I develop a different type of skill set and give myself more breadth to my yeah. you know that my toolkit um so yeah uh, you know I can I can um and and you know young young adults these days um i just think that there's there's a um there's a there's two different types there's those who are really determined and they really want to do well 
and they really want to um, get out there. They want to learn again, being very much like a sponge and, and wanting to get on. And then there's those who really just don't understand the world of work. And I think some um, schools do them a bit of a disservice about not really understanding what employers are, are looking for. Uh, and I suppose that's where apprenticeships are, again, another good way of being able to ease people into that world of work and that they really understand, you know, what employers' expectations are. It's 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 key. And, you know, we, we've spoken about it before. As, yeah. as, as, as you know, what, what careers in IAG looks like in... Um, in lots of schools today, and and we could have a whole we could have a whole afternoon chatting about yeah, that and yeah. uh, and putting that to right. But it but it is a challenge and it is a problem. Um, and and you're right; they need to be given that um, realistic view of what it is like in the world of work. Yep. And because that because that for me personally, and some people will. Um, you know, shoot this down. But that for me is what lights a fire in someone, yeah. um, and 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 it engages them. Yes. Yeah, and it it's been said many times before. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Um, so so you've got to find a different way of of exciting someone, and then um, it doesn't just fall into play. But, again, in a minute so that you um keep up very strong Hey Carol, we're back. Right, we're back. Okay. Yeah, so I, so I was just talking there about um, about spotting talent, really, and and in the businesses that you've um, you've you've led in the businesses where you've held um, leadership and, and management roles. I know that's a you put a big emphasis on that. I do know that um, from uh, knowing you, and it's something you know from my own point of view as well. Early on in my career, um, yeah. before I started doing the things that I did my my of the business I worked for at the time said look um with the right support network around you and and the right development if you're good enough yeah you're old enough yeah so talk, talk to us a little bit around your thoughts on that um you know the spotting spotting, spotting talent the yeah, yeah yeah well I suppose before I before I go into you know how I've done it I just want I suppose I just want to put it into context about one of the um, one of the positions, I suppose, how I went into my very first management position um, at BT, um, and yeah. um, I remember um, I'd had two two of my children by this point, gone back to work, um, and I worked what was in a it was a customer service centre. I suppose it was the um, the first shoots of call centres, um, and I worked a, within the team, 
I was act, I was deemed to be the person who could cover for um, my manager. Um, and I was I ended up starting to do this work and shop, you know seeing what she was doing. Uh, and I could say I remember thinking to myself, I can do this. Actually, I can do this. I've been big headed, but it was because I would listen to the to the team around me and listen to yeah. what people were saying. Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, a manager's job position came up, and um, the the manager of the whole centre gave me a manager's position. Um, and I, at that point, um, I hadn't actually been given any formal training um, around, um, you know, how to do proper team meetings, one-to-ones or anything like that. I was sort of just given the manual, so to speak, and get on and do it. And I always, uh, I suppose, thought to myself, you know what, if ever I get that opportunity again and managing a team, spotting talent, I'm going to make sure that I give people that that chance um, and mm. making sure that I give them the training and the support that they need. And then that led me, you know, the first time I spotted a talented person was in one of my last positions at BT where I spotted somebody. I went and sat by the side of them and just listened and listened and asked a lot of questions um, and asked, you know, the five whys. Why do you do that? Why? 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 And then you get to the real nub of what what makes somebody tick um, and you can actually see, you know, what they can actually do. Um, I spotted this lady. Um, she then came and worked for me on a very important project within BT. It was a national project. Um, I left BT, like I said, um, and she decided to leave a number of years afterwards. I then uh-huh. made contact with her. She came and then worked with me again, did a really, yeah. really good job. <clears throat> she is now a chief exec of a business. And you know what? I still keep in touch with her, but I I look back on, she was somebody sitting in one of these call centres or what is a call centre now, uh, and I spotted that. And and I suppose moving and fast forwarding now to, you know, over even over a number of years ago at Babington, um, I took great delight in being able to see people come through the front door, some of which came in as an apprentice and ended up being managers or ending up um, managing a massive project and being extremely successful of that. And it's all about um, understanding what what talent they have, but what passion they have and what untapped talent that they have still got to give and putting in place I think as you said um, Nathan some of the development opportunities that are going to actually get them there and I love helping people that want to be helped the the ones that irritate me are those who go who actually expect it but won't help themselves so it's all about you know um, having that drive understanding what your um your ability is um uh, and being able to give you know people that opportunity you know one of the things i always used to say pete to people um particularly at babington was i love being able to give people the wings to fly and the roots to grow 
um and uh, and you know that they can be the very best they can be um and, and i took absolute delight in being able to see people work, work their way up um it, you know it was great but it's also difficult sometimes because people sometimes have that opinion of themselves that they can do something <clears throat> and they can't and you have to bring them back down to earth and that in itself is a is a um a skill in being able to bring them down to earth without that bump you bring them down very smoothly so that you don't destroy what good they have in yeah. them as well yeah and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about strong strong communication uh, in, in a moment but you're absolutely right um, and you know we hear this said all the time but there's the, the, there's a growing shift in um, lots of organizations big and small actually where um, it, it's it's not about qualification foremost straight off the bat in certain industries and in certain sectors in certain roles yeah there is a strong emphasis on that okay but actually um if you look at what's important from um from pretty much any kind of large-scale uh, employer study over the last uh, three four years and i don't see this changing is what do they want to identify they want to identify the right attitude yeah absolutely if you, ident if, if, yeah. If you identify the right attitude um whether you're whether you know that you're, you're it is my the call center person or, or whatever you can train the skills yeah you, you can I, gen, I genuinely genuinely believe that if the attitude isn't there but you you're the you're the brightest light in the room um but actually there's someone else who may maybe doesn't have the long list of qualifications but they've got the right attitude i'm taking the one with the right attitude every single time without a shadow of a doubt yeah um so you're yeah, right that, that, i agree with you yeah that and and that just to to add to that and give an example outside of the education sector but going back to one of the last positions i did at bt i set up the very first bt broadband help desk um and we and had to um recruit obviously a lot of people to come in we didn't actually recruit against a technical spec we actually recruited against behaviours and, and attitude um, because, yeah. as you very well say, Nathan, it's um, you can skip, you can train the tech, the technical stuff. Um, obviously, you need to make sure that they've got the attitude and the appetite to be able to learn. But it was yeah. it's very much around. Um, very much around behaviors and i and you know and then latterly in you know my last you know you know going again in the apprenticeship world employers very much want to talk about behaviors um and that's why you know the, there's the new apprenticeship standards now which are all around skills knowledge and behaviors it's not just about skills and knowledge because if you haven't got the right behaviours, you're not going to actually potentially be a good team player. You're not going to be, yeah. you know, um, have that passion and that drive, etc. Um, and you know, all the uh, you know, all the personality traits that an employer is looking for. Hundred percent agree. So you've you've come out of BT, yeah. Yep. Um, you have gone into the world of education and i'm going to probably get these dates wrong so i know you will um correct me if uh, i have you're you're then into um 
which next training provider, Carol? Is it A for E? Um, yeah. Or you got a yeah. couple of little stints in between that? Yeah, yeah. So left BT, went to A for E. In fact, actually, in between leaving BT and going to A for E, I did do a small, a, a, about 11 months working for Transport for London, actually. Um, bringing, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, bringing in congestion charging. So it wasn't very popular. But anyway, it had to be done. Carol, um, you've never, Carol, you've never told me that in all in all the years oh, well, uh, that I've yeah, known you. Uh, yeah. If if you told if you told me that early doors, I'm not sure uh, we'd 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 have yeah. such the close relationship we have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your fault. Yeah, yeah, it's so your it's fault. Yours, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I did that, and it was, I suppose, a very small taste of working within um local authority, so in the public sector rather than private sector. Um, yeah. So that was very, very different. Um, uh, I didn't stay there long, uh, like say eleven months, and then I got called to go and work for A for E, and that was setting up a brand new contract where it was helping unemployed people getting themselves back into work. Where I mentioned that gentleman earlier uh, yeah. in our conversation. So left A for E, and then uh, I got called to go and work for a company called Fern Training and Development small business running out of it wasn't that small actually you know it was uh, about um, I think it was about roughly by the time it's got sold it was about 15 million turnover business um and it was um based in Derbyshire Derby um and then they that lady that owned that business ended up selling it to a company called Carter and Carter um and yeah. then um unfortunately the gentleman that owned that business died in his helicopter um and the business ended up going into administration so that was challenging um and that was challenging because you don't know what's going to happen and it's about keeping the, your troops um uh, motivated and making sure that they are very well communicated with so that they understand what's happening around them because um, it is very, very stressful time. We were only in it actually administration for two weeks. It felt like two months at the time, um, but we got through it. We got through it because I made sure that I kept all of my team, um, of which I had about, I think it was about 200 staff. Um, made sure that I kept them uh, very well informed about what was happening yeah. around them. So what, how I did that was just holding very simple uh, approach. I held conference calls three times a day where people could dial in and ask me what was going on. And then I would do, an, uh, I would do a, a roundup email every night so everybody knew what was happening and you know what we didn't lose any staff at all during that two-week administration period and then we ended up in uh, Newcastle College group um, they brought yeah, us out yeah. um, and then I stayed there for, again for about another eight months and then I moved over to a, um, a third sector organization called Shore Trust um, so I've had a taste of private public and um, third sector. And again, very, very different. That was helping disabled people, getting them into work and then keeping them in work and supporting them whilst in work. And again, that was extremely rewarding, really, really was rewarding. And I suppose that from there, that's when I got the call from what was the original chairman of Bab Babington to come and 
manage Babington um, and um, seize that opportunity. Um, you know, because I just, again, thinking that I'll be able to help many, um, many uh, people within, you know, the, uh, the UK to be able to support them, to enhance their skill set, to get them um, either into a, into work, into a job and then onto a career um, through the vehicle of apprenticeships. Um, and, 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 ba- and Babington at the time you joined them, Carol, just, <clears throat> just give us a flavour for what type of organisation they were. Um, very much delivering apprenticeships, uh, delivering accountancy, yeah. financial services and some business administration apprenticeships. They were roughly uh, just over about a two million turnover, which around about 60 staff, um, very much based in Derby. Um, they did some yeah. delivery in Stoke and some in Lichfield as well, um, and you know when I when I left, so so re- so relatively relatively regionalised. Yes. Then I guess yeah, to very, but sort very, of the yeah. East Mid yeah, Midlands, East Midlands, East Midlands based. Yes, um, and you were there for how long? Eight years. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight years, yeah. and and give us a flavour for what it was like when you left. So when 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 I left, um, I had I think it was around about three hundred staff. Um, we were closed off the at the end of when the year July, um, just before I left, we closed off our accounts for um, around about twenty two million, twenty two and a half million turnover. Um, we still delivered, obviously, very much a, you know, a large volume of apprenticeships, about 5,000 apprenticeships. Um, again, do, still doing accountancy, still doing financial services, business admin, but we then did leadership and management up to uh, level six, accountancy then up to level seven. Um, we uh, did project management, digital marketeer, etc. So we got a bit more of a broad um, portfolio of yeah. sectors that we could deliver to but we also then um, opened up an employability arm of the business where we were delivering traineeships which is a I suppose a, a pre-program to an apprenticeship um, and also delivering study program which is a program for 16 to 18 year olds who are not quite ready to go into the world of work and, and uh, do a study program instead of doing A-levels um, and then opened up a commercial arm where we developed a brand new website where we were able to sell some of our products commercially, particularly accounts products, but some project management as well. Um, yeah, best company. So com- complete, complete, completely um, see change then, wasn't it, yes. For, in terms yeah. of the organisation that you joined yeah. to... Um, the the roles that you undertook there and the way that you led it because the way that um, the way that I saw Babington when I first got introduced to them was as as a national player and and a leader of um, those types of products that you know they they, they provide so that those are those kind of white collar accountancy things and yeah. Yeah. Um, but my knowledge of them um, you know until obviously um, later wasn't from where they came so you led them through a lot there didn't you really because yes. I know that there was um there was there was a uh, equity um private equity right. um sale as well yeah. wasn't the yeah which yeah. again is never it's, it's it's never an easy time sometimes is no, it and no, not at um, all. you took you touched on a 
you touched on communication there um, at, at, a, at a previous company. Um, I guess it, it'd be the same approach going through something like that, wouldn't it? Keeping the business fully informed and, and making sure everyone knows exactly what's going on. So, so people yeah. can go home and, and, and relax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way, the way you know, my, 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 um, you know, my mantra, I suppose, is that you, you, you haven't got a business without your people. Um, and I, I want everybody to wake up in the morning and think, yeah, I want to go into work. I mean, you're always going to get those days where you think, oh, no. But, you know, I want them to get up in the morning. I want to go into work. And I actually, I want to do a good job. And you're always going to get the ones that come in and, and um, are, you know, your, your regular, what I class as your regular plodders. Um, but you know what? We always had um, a real good culture within Babington of, um, I want to do, I can do, and I'm going to do. Um, and we had this saying, actually, that we were pioneers, not settlers. Um, and it was actually somebody from mm-hmm. our funders that gave us that saying, that Babington are pioneers, yeah. not settlers. And we've really sort of held on to that. Um, and and you, you get the best out of people by talking with them and communicating. And sometimes the message you're going to give, they're not going to like hearing it. But you know what? If you explain the reason behind the message, they may they again might not like it, but they swallow it and they get on and do. Um, people do not like not knowing and feeling, um, I suppose, unsafe um, and and not valued. Um, and thank you goes a long way. So we had a really really good way of communicating within Babington. Um, and a lot of it, as I, I, you know, nothing's new. I, I learnt when I was at BT. I learnt more then when I was at Shore Trust. You know, it's all of your learnings you have throughout your years. And actually, you know, that you learn from being at home because, you know, the majority of, of partnerships and marriages that break up is because, you know, communication breaks down. Um, and, you know, the way I would look at comms was, you know, right, what do they need to know? When do they need to know it? And feel involved and valued. Yeah. So, you know, we would have um, a, a, you know, we obviously have our executive meetings, but we would have SMT conference calls every month so that they would get regular updates and we, that people could dial in. Uh, I would have Carol's column. I used to do um, airtime talks, you know, so that they would come in and have time with me, one-to-one time. Uh, it got it got more challenging as the business grew. I could, I, you know, I'd like to admit, but you know, and we used to do, um, you know, a yearly um, communications day, which I know you came to, um, and everybody <clears throat> would actually have, you know, a. a, a um, opportunity to be able to have a say we would have market stalls so that um so that certain people you know people within teams would be able to set up a market stall so you know as the business grew and you know the people in the apprenticeship part of the of the business would say well i don't really understand what the employability guys do they'd have a stand and they'd be able to you know show their wares so to speak so they, that would be able to learn more about what's going on around them um yeah and there was it was a really good culture and a good feel in the business um so yeah communications is key um because it, you know you get the best out of people by talking with them 
You do, and, and communication is uh, is subtle as well. Uh, it doesn't. It, it's not always that um, kind of you know brick in the face type um, comms. It, it it could just be as simple as you're making a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in in the breakout area and approachable. You know, open door. Um, yeah. You want you want you know you answer your phone or. Um, if someone leaves a message because you're tied up, a call back. So there's so many different layers, isn't there, to there communicate? Is. There is, yeah. That yeah. that that you 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 know you've you've got to commit. I think you've got to commit to all of them within reason, and that then is where you embed that. Um, I suppose you embed that trust really in um, you know in in your in, in your teams in your in your employees that actually um, it just gives a level of comfort and confidence and then you know when you when like you say you you want to be the pioneers and not the settlers you bring you bring in those people on the journey you are um so no excellent okay good so um let's fast forward then um so eight years at babbing um a number of years across a number of uh, uh different training providers in in a couple of different sectors so um also dipped your toe into um transport for london which i think is amazing mm. um i'm never gonna let, i'm never gonna let you i'm never gonna <laughs> let you forget that that now uh, yeah. you're always gonna be the per, you're always gonna be the person who introduced congestion charging to me carol <laughs> um yeah. and then a, and then a really a really good stint um varied stint at um at bt what are you up to now? What what are you what are you doing with your Monday to Friday? <laughs> what am I doing uh, now? Eight till five. Eight yeah, till five. Yeah, yeah. Going on. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah. So I exited Babington at the end of 2018, um, and that was a very very much planned exit. Um, I um, I mean, you you've alluded to the fact, Nathan, that um, we are private equity backed. We went through a very yeah. successful um sale of the business and I can't say it was a sale of the business. We moved from very um eloquently moved from one private equity house to another. Um and I just didn't want to um yeah. it, it gets very um it's very, very tiring working at the speed I needed to work at and to give my all um to the business and I decided I would do up to three years with the new investor and then I would want to go and sort of slow down a little bit not stop but slow down so um what am I doing now is I'm working with a number of um businesses in in this sector um and working I suppose as a a bit like a non-exec position so very much a um supportive role very much um giving advice and guidance um, sometimes a bit coaching um, and, yeah. and organisations I really feel um, fit um, with my values. Um, one is in in the where uh, they're delivering really really great training and coaching to young adults who um, are going uh, delivering it through the power of sport, um, and they're doing some brilliant um really brilliant stuff in 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 that business uh another organization that is um 
working with uh, again young adults older adults and supporting them into work um, very much people who would potentially end up being the neat type of person so not an education training um, so yeah. so yeah I, so I'm helping um, to share the knowledge and experience that I've had through the many years from BT all the way through to um, the growth I've had at Babington um, and you know sitting with the exec team and being able to um, you know, say why are you doing this? Why not do that, um, etc. And you know, sharing my expertise, I suppose. And how long have you been doing that now, Carol? How long? Um, yeah. Since, since the well, I suppose since the beginning of this year. Um, so it's very early, very early doors, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, I said that I wanted to work with organisations first and foremost, where I I. They, again, like I said earlier, they fit the values that I have, that I like the people. I think that they're doing, they're having impact, not impact on learners' lives, giving, you know, learners uh, opportunities, um, supporting communities in which they work, um, and that I can actually add value. So, that you know, yeah, so it's uh, so far so good. Enjoying the variety. Enjoying the variety. That's a good way of putting it, actually, Nathan. Yes. Good. Okay. And um, anyone that's listening that uh, I, I don't want to bombard Carol's um, LinkedIn inbox with messages, but ge- genuinely, um, you know, anyone who is listening who um, wants to just have a chat or, or, or occasionally pick your brains, you know, I know that firsthand because uh, we've spoken Um you know, over over the last couple of years, a lot um, having actually done business with you when at Babington, but also um, more latterly. Yeah. Um, Carol's a really, you know, you're a really approachable uh, individual and very knowledgeable as well, uh, which is um, the the big kind of uh, benefit, I suppose, that you bring. And um, you've been there, you've seen it, you've done it. Um, so I think for year two, have just kind of dropped out of. Um, you know the world of work and I don't know Carol swanned off around the Caribbean forever and a day Um, as as much as that sounds lovely that's not that's not you so anyone who you know bumps into you at an event or anything just just grab a coffee with you because you've got so much to give and um, you're approachable so genuine thank you great okay well look um, it's been great thank you it's been great talking to you and and thanks for coming on um, Tainted Tales. Um, we we will keep in touch. I know. Yes, um, definitely. I think but, what you're doing is great. And um, yeah, we 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 will obviously be pushing this out across our various and um, you know you're getting a link to share for yourself. But you know the real kind of emphasis here is that we get real people talking about real things that they've done, not not pretend stuff. So. Um, you know, it's it's an amazing career and backstory you've got there. Um, Thank you. And, you know, I think it's fantastic what you're doing, giving back. So, again, thank you very much for coming on, Carol. No, thanks, uh, Nathan. Loved it. Thank you. And um, I will catch up with you soon. Yes, thank you very much. And make sure you look after that little one. <laughs> <laughs> I have no choice, Carol. I certainly <laughs> will. All right. Thanks, right. Nathan. Take care. Bye now. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.